Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Well, we can honestly say that 2023 is well underway as far as uh, IMSA competition is concerned. If you've been listening to IMSA Radio either on RS2 or via 107.9 throughout today, you will know we have actually had our first race. We're a little further away from that for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Their first race is next weekend, and it's a pretty important one. It's the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. We're going to set the grid for that race tomorrow and you'll be able to see and hear that here in the United States and further afield with our international TV feed on IMSA.tv and of course via the live video button at IMSAradio.com. But there's plenty of action before that and next up a one hour session, the fourth session in the Raw before the Rolex 24 the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, and it's live and exclusive here on IMSA Radio. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Let's head straight down to Shea Adam, where like, the first thing I need you to do, Shea, is, it, is it's overcast here. Temperatures are holding up um, <laughs> is is what I'm prepared to say. Or holding the, down, as it were. Well, y- y- they haven't dropped massively. 66 mm. Fahrenheit in the air is 19 Celsius. 75 on the track is 24 Celsius. Uh, it's now 66% humidity. And is there a smell of rain in the air? The wind's just picking up and coming in from the coast. I'm going to say no oh. to the uh rain question for now i'll say within an hour it'll probably be raining i have added another layer because the temperature has dropped quite noticeably and uh putting on the light red rain jacket might alert some people into thinking that i'm preparing for the worst but as it were i just got a little chilly during that last race um but it is still on either side of us the clouds however have gotten way more ominous in about the last 25 minutes to the point now where if you look out past the end of the grandstand inland it looks quite bad that is where the weather is coming from I've just gone all the way down towards pit in though because I was trying to see what the atmosphere is like down here if there were going to be people perhaps not running this session for the risk of rain no that's not the case everybody's trying to get it in before the rain falls and everybody has that uh, channel on their TVs John with the weather forecast coming in yeah we might get wet yeah. 
Um, I'm slightly worried because Owen Trinkler is still standing next to me in his Team TGM <laughs> T-shirt, and, and I'm wondering if the uh, if the, his car is on the pit lane here. Do you want me to go check and see? Well, it is. I can see that from here, actually. Is there anyone sitting in it, or is there a Owen Trinkler-shaped <laughs> space behind the wheel? Would you like me to check with his team and make sure yeah. that they're not looking frantically for him? No, I, I will <laughs> yeah. say to Owen, at the end of that last race, I ran into Ted Giovannis' co-driver, who was in his fire suit he looked like he was ready to get into a race car so i'd imagine it will be ted's turn to go as soon as the green flag comes out okay that seems that seems right there was a plan listen we're making it we're having a bit of yeah. fun at owen's expense in all fairness like all race teams and particularly all good race teams uh owen there was a plan we might have lost you had there been rain is that correct? There was. And I was hoping there wasn't going to be rain because I wanted uh, Hugh Plum and uh, Ted Giovannis to get some running in. And as I see my car leave, it's weird kind of seeing it up from, this, up, here. from up here. There's, there, it goes. Well, it's Ted's car, but I get to drive it. So. Yeah, I, I, know, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Over to turn one. It is uh, slightly ominous. Looks like a bit like a sci-fi movie at the moment. Uh, I'm expecting the Ghostbusters theme to start playing uh, anytime soon because uh, over towards turn one it is looking a, a little bit uh, darker that's why everybody was ready to go off pit lane as soon as it was green there's no waiting around let's go what's the plan for this session then i, I mean there is plenty of running uh, this weekend for for all the cars it, it looks like there's plenty of running is there plenty of running and how do you work out your run plan for each session well uh, and you know the guys Tom from TF Sport. I mean, there was Tom a plan. Faria, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a plan already coming into this weekend, uh, set a week ago. Uh, now weather can change that, which it, it was going to. It, weather would have been there. It'd have been Matt, Matt Plum and myself uh, doing some stuff. I mean, nothing speed-wise in the car. Just trying to do some stuff with the rain tires. Uh, but if it was dry, this was definitely a huge session and Ted's session. That and that was set. Um, gosh, a week ago. And the next time I'll see the car, if we get rain tonight, we'll be qualifying tomorrow. It'll be right. the next time I'll be in the car. How much store do you put on qualifying for a 24-hour race? Well, we're, we're a one-off deal. And, ah. and so this is the only race that we're going to do in the WeatherTech cha Championships. We'll focus on the Michelin Pilot Program. Um, I, I don't know. I've asked that question, and um, they said we're just going to focus on it tomorrow. And so, you know, I've got kind of used to qualifying a little bit over at Michelin Pilot when I did it 19, and so we'll, we'll go for it and see what we got tomorrow. We've been pretty quick. So far, you know, we led the last practice in GT Pro, and I think we've been first or second. And uh, those guys put a great effort together for us, and uh, I'm happy to be with them. And uh, we'll see what we got tomorrow, John. I don't know. We'll see if everybody's going to show their cards or not. Do you, do you make massive changes for qualifying to the car? If it's, uh, it it's going to be important, is it worth putting a qualifying set, set up on the car? We haven't done anything as of to date in any of the testing. We've never put any emphasis on qualifying. Uh, you might see a lighter fuel load, yeah. different air pressures in the car. Um, we'll probably have a team meeting in the morning about it because uh, that's the only thing we have tomorrow. When I looked at the schedule and we kind of looked at the driver plan, it's like, well, the next time I'll see the car, yeah. maybe tonight, but we'll be qualifying tomorrow if we get rained out because we will not run if it's raining tonight. There's no reason to. How have you all adapted to the two different Aston Martins? Because it's a complete change of manufacturer, GT4 and GT3, you couldn't actually get that much more different from what you've been running before with a, a mid-engined or rear-engined Porsche, which is what you've you've run in the past. Same manufacturer, engine in the same place. Are the cars themselves 
similar or is the subtle differences between four and three is Aston Martin's? John, they're very close to similar as far as driving style. And so that's been a benefit. And when we looked at this platform and, and we do the Rolex 24 and then we focus on our full season in the Michelin Pilot, um, obviously we're making the switch from Porsche, which we had good success last year in the yeah. Porsche, even in the Daytona race. We you know, finished seventh year and then we finished second on the Friday race in the Michelin Pilot program. When we looked at this platform, and said, hey, what are we going to do for the 24? Because this is a race that Ted wants to do, and we're going to focus on that. And so when we made the switch to Aston, we felt it was naturally to go to the Aston Martin GT3 car. Um, I love it. I mean, I love any car I get to drive, uh, especially for Team TGM and now TF Sport. Uh, but, it, but it's very close, similar driving style. I got out of the GT4 car this morning. I have a session, went straight from it into the GT3 car, and had no issues trying to adapt right back to it. It's a car and a team. Um, that has won championships. Uh, TF with the GT Le Mans car have won world championships and, and won at Le Mans. So they know which way is up. How much are you leaning on Tom Ferrier and his team, particularly for the GT3 car? Um, we're leaning on them quite a bit. I mean, they're running that program, Tom Ferrier and those guys at, at, at TF. Uh, they're probably learning us a little bit. Yeah, my, yeah. My, my vocabulary from the south. You know, I, uh, you know, I'm a stock car guy too. So I was uh, doing a debrief and saying, hey, it's tight. You know, and yeah, they yeah. kind of gave me this look. Tight. What's what are you talking about? Uh, near me. Understeer. Oh yeah, understeer. <laughs> so, push. 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 Understeer. <laughs> push. So, no, pushy so, loose. Um, <laughs> Hopefully they got their headsets on. So tomorrow I may mess with them or at some point next week until I need to round a wedge in the car and see what yeah. happens. So, <laughs> so we were joking around. So Because Joe, Joe Vardy and I speak the same language because he's a, he's a stock car guy. So he understands me when I, when I start uh, complaining about the car being tight and, and uh, need some wedge and all that stuff. So we're having a lot of fun. I think they're getting to learn us, you know, a lot. And uh, that, we, that we love having fun. You guys have been around us a lot, quite a bit at Team TGM and covering our races. And so... I think we're going to have a good, great run next week. It started off good, the test that we did here in December. This week it started off fantastic. I know everybody's kind of, you know, doing what they're doing to a plan, but uh, it's great to see us top of the sheet, and I'm happy for Ted. Well, Turner Motorsports is a team, when they get to the top of the sheets, they earn tacos for everybody on the team. And as such, Will Turner has made sure that his team have the best odds to get tacos by running two cars in every single series participating this weekend. They've got two of the brand new M4 GT4s for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. They've got two of the old ones in the VP Challenge race that we just saw, and then two of the M4 GT3 machines for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. So, well, first off, why would you ever let your two cars run around on track at the exact same time as one another? Because that was making me so nervous yesterday. Yeah, it's kind of always like that, but it's it's different in the, in the last races uh, that we just saw because they're out to win the race. They don't have a teammate to hand it over to. They don't have to be nice to each other. And we told them that at the beginning of the race. They're like, you guys are in it independently. Do what you want, you know? Um, but I think they're... My drivers hopefully are a little smarter than that. Um, not that I'm saying drivers are smart, but um, no, they were having fun and it was great to watch. And as you and I just discussed before you we went on air, um, that's this, it was a great series and it's a perfect place for people and teams to show their stuff, have a little fun. And uh, people were, were getting on it out there and they weren't like, this wasn't just uh, you know driving around. There was some, there was some moves or some passing and it's gonna be good. Now, coming back to WeatherTech, the Daytona 24, you have run two cars before at the same time. They've been in the same class. Now you've got the opportunity to win both classes at the same time. Does that make you approach the race any differently? 
Yeah, so we weighed the different options of if we ran two cars in GTD, if we ran two cars in Pro, or if we split them. And between the car count and my driver and drive time options, it seemed like it would be best to hedge our bets in both classes. And um, the more and more we thought about it, the more sense it made. So we, I think the, one of the biggest things is we don't have two cars that are necessarily competing against each other, so they can work together. So one car uh, learns some stuff, they'll tell the other car because they're not competing against, they're, we're working with, right? So I think it's best all around. It's great that we could, um, we could do that and we could get two programs together. But we are going to run in GTD and the sprint races. So then it's, when it's back to a little friendly competition. Uh, but overall, I hope we made the right choice. And in the pro category, I think we have a 33% chance of getting on the podium. Uh, that's our best odds since I've been running the Daytona 24. You are the only BMW team who had their car last year at Daytona. You're the only ones with experience of the M4 GT3, meaning you've got a lot that you've learned in the last calendar year. How much better has the car gotten since you got it here a year ago? That's a great question. Um, when we were here uh, last year, you know, we didn't know anything about the car. Uh, so it was a learning process. And it was actually, it was a, it was a good learning process for most of the race and then things kind of went wrong. And uh, we said, we'll come back next year, fix all those things, and we'll do a little better. So after doing that and running the whole season, I mean, we're ready for this. The team's ready, the drivers are ready, the cars are ready. I mean, the cars are great. Um, as you saw last year, the cars can win races, they can be competitive, they're extremely reliable. So we're really looking forward to getting this race started. And uh, I mean, we got something to prove. We got to prove that we can be there at the end, and hopefully we'll be up front. As someone who will see the cars, both from the commentator's box and the racetrack, thank you so much for doing two different liveries as well. Yeah, you know, it's uh, when we were talking about liveries, um, it's very easy to do a white car. And there happens to be another BMW that's a white car. So if we did three white cars, I don't know who would know which pit to stop in and which crew would change whose car's tires. Um, so yeah, we, we changed it up a lot. Um, I really like how the cars are split like that. Um, we will have a yellow and blue car uh, throughout the season. So we'll have three different liveries to, for everybody to watch and for the crew to, uh, to get used to servicing the cars. I love the Turner colors. Let's keep them going and let's get some more tacos. Absolutely, tacos for everyone. Tacos for the world, save the tacos, save the world. Uh, will Turner, one of the real characters. Uh, not often we get to hear him uh, speaking to us, but uh, that's very cool to hear from Will Turner there. Owen Trickler is with me. Before we let you go, um, what is the, um, what are you expecting to achieve in this session with your teammates out in the uh, TGM, both the TGM cars? Yeah, John, I think they're just trying to get some run for uh, Hugh Plum, which he's up in uh, second right now in uh, GTD Pro, and uh, basically just get them some more seat time. It, uh, of the four of us, they've probably had the least amount of time in the car, and so when we looked at this hour session, that's why we were hoping it would stay dry, because I want to get Hugh in the car, or the team does, and then uh, want to get Ted back in. So they're going to split this session 30 minutes each, and so hopefully it stays green and uh, no rain, and they both get their run time in, and we'll see what happens tonight. But we got GT4 practice coming up. If it, if the rain stays away, we're going to, you know, head back down there and we'll uh, be in the GT4 car here in an hour or so. Uh, race well, race safely, not just this weekend, but next weekend as well. But I'm sure we'll speak to you before the big show uh, and a four-hour race on Friday next week for I'm, you as well. I hope I'm talking to Shade tomorrow afternoon about 1.40. Yeah, at this time, not having to get rehydrated. 
No, and see if we're on the pole tomorrow. That's what we're going to try. Yes. I, I, I do not want any scenario <laughs> where th the words intravenous drip are involved in the next 10 days for yeah. you. Yeah, we're going to take care of that and, uh, you know, see if we can get up in victory lane again. All right, mate. Good All to right. see you. Thank you. Say hi to the team for us. And thanks to TGM for loaning us on Trinkler for the race and uh, a wee bit of that session. 64 and 46 cars are out on the circuit at the moment. Uh, just while we were uh, talking to Will Turner there, Matthew Vaxvier with an uncharacteristic spin. He's come back to the pits in the air, of course, at number 88. That's the silver and black car. He just lost it going into the West Horseshoe, and I think he did make contact with the tyre wall, just deranged the uh, rear uh, spoiler on that car. Shit is down at Team TGM. You can let them know that their qualifying driver is on, their, on his way back to them. Yeah, they don't look too excited about that. You know, I, I told them we were keeping Owen hostage, and they seem pretty okay with it. Uh, Owen has not got his headset on, but that's very funny. That is very funny. Well, Matt Plum, we've just had Owen Trinkler up in the booth. We've been holding him hostage. you want us to keep holding on to him so you get to drive more? Oh, my gosh, please do. We've been wondering where he went, and now that we know you'd have him, we, I guess, feel better about ourselves. It's been going really well so far for the Aston Martin. Very quick platform. You guys aren't holding anything back. You're not playing the games. You're just here to win the watch, right? Yeah, I mean, um, it's a one-off thing, as I think Owen may have mentioned. So we're going as fast as we can. And, you know, judging by the times, nobody's quite doing that. Um, so we, we just need to get comfortable. We need to get everybody through the car. And, and um, you know, it's not our first my 10th uh, 24 hour. That's what I was gonna say. You've done this race more than your teammates combined. Yeah, this will be my 10th, so um, my back hurts and I'm looking to do well in this one. Well, good luck to all of you guys. We'll bug you a lot during race week, but just wanted to check in and let you know Owen is coming back. Uh, uh, <laughs> you can keep him. <laughs> he's, be, he's gonna be listening. It's all over the PA. They're not gonna get away uh, with that. Oh, it's very funny. Good uh, team spirit down at uh, TGM. Uh, 46 minutes of this session still to go. We have not yet had a session that by the end of it in WeatherTech Sports Car Championship wasn't being led by the MSR with Curb, Agagenian, Acura ARX 06. And Colin Brown is keeping up that uh, record at the moment with the number 60 ahead by the... Uh, skinny margin of 0 0.03 of a second That's 0 0.03 of That's a second over Brendan Hartley in the second act it has been the accuracy generally speaking Shea that have been at the sharp end of the field it has but they haven't gone untroubled there was issue with Wayne Taylor uh, with the number 10 remember in the last session the Connick Minolta Acura and then the 60 went back at some point during that last session as well. They were doing something to the brakes of that car, I was told. Ah. Um, so both cars have spent time back in the garage while there has been a green flag displayed on the race circuit, but you're completely correct, John. It's been an Acura party thus far. Colin Brown being top of the charts, so that's just what Colin does. Philippe Eng for BMW M Hybrid in the 24 car in third at the moment. Michael Christensen, he has just pitted the Porsche 963 number seven. Then the 31 Action Express, Cadillac V, LMDH, Alexander Sims and Richard Westbrook is in the 0-2 car. Now remind me which way around are the colour schemes on the Chip Ganassi ah, car? Yes, okay, so yellow is for the 0-1, mm -hmm. 
yeah. because yellow is first in the ring. Well, no, actually, never mind. That doesn't work. Uh, yellow is the zero one. <laughs> blue is the zero two. And red will always be Whalen Engineering. Right. So as soon as I'm out with yellow one. Um, yellow one. That's fine. Blue two. Blue two. Yellow one, blue two. There you go. There we go. Uh, uh, behind them, we have uh, Dan Cameron in the pits in, in fact, both Porsche are in the pits at the moment, aren't they? Six and seven. Uh, and where is the other two to do? Accurate, accurate, accurate. Oh, no, they're all there. It's all right. Sorry, eight of them. Uh, no, there's one missing. Oh, Renga van der Zander's car. There it is, the zero one. Uh, it's uh, down in 11th position yet to clear all of the LMP2s. In LMP2, it's Raffaele Marcello in the number 20, which is the high-class racing car. They've changed their livery for this year. It used to be red and white. Um, slightly more multicoloured this year. 55 is Francesco Pisi in second place. Francesco driving for Proton Competition. That's the dark grey car. Uh, in third, and in the pits, Kiffin Simpson, who won Petit Le Mans with Gradient in GTT last year uh, and that is in the number eight LMP2 the Tower Motorsports car he's got some pretty stout uh, pretty stout uh, teammates in that car I, I did a double take on Thursday Shay when you had Joseph Newgard and Scott McLaughlin in front of you um, because they were both in unfamiliar racewear Yes, Tower Motorsport. Uh, the what a coup, we should say, by the way. What a great job that uh, John Ferrano has done preparing for this race by getting one of the most... Uh, how, how do I even put that? One of the hottest drivers on the market, as far as the silver goes, for Kiffin Simpson. He got to test a Chip Ganassi IndyCar in the off-season, so he's had quite a bit of experience lately with downforce. And then, of course, we've got Joseph Newgarden and Scott McLaughlin, two of the top four IndyCar drivers last year, as far as the championship was concerned. They are in that Tower Motorsport car. Now, why is it relevant to put IndyCar drivers into LMP2 cars? Well, last year, it was two three IndyCar drivers who won the Rolex watch. It was Devlin Di Francesco sharing with Pato Award. Uh, Eric Lux was the non-IndyCar driver. And then some guy named Colton Herta, who happens to be driving not one, but two of the BMW GTPs this weekend. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Coming up to just over 40 minutes to go. It's getting considerably darker. I can start to see the illuminated numbers on the GTP cars, particularly on the BMW of Nick Yellowly. Great to see Nick in this car as well. A real opportunity for so many drivers being brought forth by this GTP LMDH hypercar era at the top class of motorsports. And we have got this coming together of the two major sports car series in the World Championship, the WEC, and of course, the IMSA Championship. And the opportunity for the GTP cars to compete in the World Championship as LMDHs. As yet, no one's taken up the opportunity to bring one of the LMH cars into 
IMSA sports car racing. There is a procedure that has to be gone through if you do either of that because there, there are effectively four cornerstones of performance that have to be assessed. And the WEC used the Audi Sauber wind tunnel in Hinville in Switzerland and it's the wind shear facility up in North Carolina that uh, is IMSA's baseline for aero, engine power and suspension all have to be benchmarked as well to allow the cars from the other rule set to uh, to cross the aisle as it were um, we've seen some going to WEC as yet none of the LMHs have requested to come into IMSA I suspect it won't be too long I don't think this year possibly next year well we know we're going to see the Lamborghini here but that's going to be built at LMDH GTP regulations um, so when will we see a Toyota or a Ferrari or a Peugeot perhaps over here well Peugeot don't aren't a manufacturer in the States so they wouldn't be allowed but there's nothing to stop it being badged as another brand in the group and there are legion in terms of what that could be 39 minutes to go. Colin Brown, the quickest in GTP. Raffaele Marcello has just pitted the high class that leads in LMP2. Nico Pino in the uh, number 33 LMP3 uh, is the fastest there. And in GTD, once again, it's a GTD ahead of the GTD pros as Nicky Team has the 44 Magnus Aston ahead of Hugh Plum in the number 64 down at the far side of the circuit we have a spun ferrari at turn six it is the number 21 car it is pointing now in the correct direction so all is clear and we can head down to Shea adam in the pit lane welcome home to alessandro balzon two times the champion in the ims weathertech sports car championship winner of every major race in this series except daytona is this new Ferrari, the 296, going to be the key to getting you that Rolex? Well, you know, it's, it's great to be back and uh, it's uh, really great to be, uh, of course, you know, the Ferrari. I feel like I'm really grateful to be able to be behind one of the 296. And so big thanks to Cetira Racing. We are the full Italian lineup and it's great to have Antonio in the car. It's a great reference to bring a lot of experience. You know, he's been testing this car from almost a year. So it's a, it's a new car to discover, but of course you can tell that the, the Ferrari DNA is still there. And so it's really cool to drive. And uh, I think the car is, uh, it will be competitive, it will be all about, you know, okay, the BOP, but also, you know, there are so many new components. It's a big change from the past. So uh, it's all about, you know, surviving and uh, try really the main part, the main target for us is to see the checkered flag. And then if we really have a shot for the win, uh, why not? Ah, come on, you've won in every Ferrari that you've raced in, though, every single model. So why not knock out the first one with the first one? I, I totally agree. I mean, when we did the, the world debut with the 488, it was Sebring. That was, uh, it turned out pretty well. So I, I hope it's going to go as smooth as that one. 
that was a win at Sebring and then a win at Watkins Glen. If there's going to be an endurance calendar once again for Chetelar Racing, you might as well win the big ones. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was pretty impressive. I remember we received the car two weeks before the 12 hours. Yeah, and then the car came out. Out of the box was impressive. Me and Christina and Jeff Siegel at the time, we really loved the car. Uh, but so far, the feeling with the 296 has been very positive. Uh, it's, uh, it's the first race car, actually, that I can reach the pedals without having to have like 10 inches uh, pillow behind my back. So this is a big step for me. I can see outside. So a lot of plus for for compact driver as me. Aside from the driver comfort, what is the biggest plus to the 296? Uh, the visibility in the car is incredible. They really work a lot on lowering uh, you know, all the front of the car, so we have a really incredible visibility. And also the, the airflow inside the cockpit, it's incredible. Like, yeah, they really, the comfort for the driver, it's incredible, you know. Ferrari always have an extra attention for the customer or gentleman racing, and the car is really impressive from that point of view. Big, big improvement. It'll be even more impressive with a trophy next to it. Good luck, Alessandro. Thank you so much. Oh, isn't that just a great interview? Thank you, Shay. Absolutely fantastic. Let me update you on a few little spins. Uh, all of the following cars I'm about to talk about have uh, recovered and continued. Iron Lynx, first of all, uh, went around. That was the... Uh, actually, it was the 21 that went around first, wasn't it? The AF Corsa Ferrari with Miguel Molina behind the wheel. The Iron Lynx, uh, Claudio Schiavone-driven Lamborghini number 19, the bright yellow car, went around. And we've just seen the Wins prototype go around as well. That's the 52 car. And that was in the hands of Ben Keating. He was getting out of the way of a very ambitious overtaking manoeuvre down at the West Horseshoe by one of the GTPs. Now, these GTPs are large and they are heavy, and they do not stop like the old DPIs. I think one or two of the drivers, perhaps, are just getting used to that. And it was a masterful piece of avoidance by Ben Keating. I just wondered if there might be a little bit of moisture in the air, but Shears tells me that it isn't raining out on the circuit. Coming down to halfway through this one-hour session, live from trackside, from an overcast but still dry Daytona International Speedway. In the air, it's 19 Celsius, which is 66 Fahrenheit, 23 on the track, which is 73. That's a whole heap cooler than it was yesterday. We got up to 104 on the track yesterday. So, very much different. Now, the long-range forecast says a good weekend for race weekend. Whether it'll be quite as warm as we saw earlier on this week, possibly difficult to tell this far out. 107.9 around the circuit. By the way, if you're listening on the PA, jumping back into your car, moving around, or maybe got your RV to park up, get that one locked in. 107.9 FM here at the track. IMSA Radio on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. 
just looking for any time changes. Last time around, Ben Hanley went to the top of LMP2 for the 0-4 CrowdStrike Racing by APR team. It's one of the uh, Oricas, all Oricas in LMP2. Ligiers and Duquesne uh, splitting LMP3. Uh, also improving Francois Perodo last time around in the 88. Being the Proton, no, the AF course, of course it is with Francois behind it. Still the 33 in LMP3, the Sean Creech Motorsport car. Danny Sufi behind the wheel of that. Gabby Chavez in the pits in the Andretti car, the 36. And then. 74 Glenn von Berlo is the 74 Ranch Resort Riley entered Ligier and in GTD Nicky Team's time stands at the top for the 44 Aston Nicky drafted in to the GTD squad and why wouldn't you to join the well experienced trio of Spencer Pumpelli, Andy Lally and John Potter they've driven together for a long time Nicky team brought into that as a platinum driver here. and it's kind of funny John because he's the weak link it's Spencer Pumpelli, two Rolex watches. John Potter, two Rolex watches. Andy Lally, five Rolex watches. Nikki team's best ever finish at the Rolex, ninth in 2014. Do you think he's hoping that some of that watch-winning experience is going to rub <laughs> off? Well, yeah, they've got nine between the four drivers. I mean, if you want wow. to put it that way, wow. um, it's quite a record, and especially for Magnus Racing, which now is a team that focuses on these endurance races only. They finished second here last year in this car. They're very, very strong. It's just going to be a matter of putting it all together and the luck go in their way. Huge lump of uh, rubber thrown off the back of the Iron Lynx Lamborghini and striking the windscreen of the Cadillac 02, which has Earl Bamba behind the wheel. It's coming into the pit lane now, Shea. If you look on the right-hand side of the windscreen, if you're anywhere near that, you'll see the big uh, black part. Of course, you're at the other end. <laughs> of course you are. Sorry. That came off the back of the, as I say, the number 19 Iron Lynx. Now, the question is, if it did left that much of a black mark on the windscreen. Did it do any damage anywhere else on the front of the car? It looked to me as though they were unfastening the front part of the body on that uh, 02 machine. Improvement last time around. No, that was Dan Cameron. That's a while back. He's since come into the pits. Acura, Acura, BMW, BMW, Porsche, Porsche, Cadillac, Cadillac, Cadillac. So it stands right now moment or two ago a prototype in the shape of the 43 that did not want to turn into the back straight chicane that would be the MRS GT racing car and that would be the car that has been driven by Sebastian Alvarez who 
was trying to get up to speed earlier on, had a couple of three spins, and one not of his own making, in fairness. But uh, Cleaney still needing a little track time, and Gifford Simpson being given the black flag, mechanical black flag on the uh, number eight. That is the LMP2 machine of Tower Motorsports. I'll try and find out what that's about as Shea Adam brings us more atmosphere from the pit lane. Shea, where have you got to? I've got now to Kelly Moss with Riley and uh, fresh out of the number 92 Porsche is Alec Udell. And Alec, it was just about 10 days ago, you were bouncing off the walls, excited for your first ever experience of the 24 hours of Daytona. Now you're here, you've just gotten out of the Porsche, still feeling that same excitement. Yeah, totally. Um, obviously, it's a great crew we've got here with Kelly Moss and Riley. We've got a great driver lineup. David and I did some hard work last year in the GS program with the Porsche to uh, get us ready for this event. So we're still super excited and uh, happy to be here. Obviously, we're working through a bit of uh, the new car and just that's always what happens when you have a new platform. You've got to kind of take the development step by step. So that's what we're doing. What is the most important part of this weekend been? I think the most important part is just getting us all time with all the new cars and new people that are out there, you know, looking at uh, places where maybe we may have some issues with other cars and traffic and just seeing what the difference is in capabilities between the cars, knowing when a uh, prototype is back, if they're going to be able to dive you into the bus stop or if they're going to stay behind. So a lot of that stuff's just getting into the rhythm that's getting us ready for the race next weekend. You know, our focus is, of course, on the last four hours next week. How are the track conditions just now? Uh, I think the track conditions felt pretty pretty decent as far as I was feeling. Uh, maybe a little bit of a headwind is the only thing I could feel in the car. But other than that, uh, yeah, it feels it feels good. I think we're getting maybe a bit colder front coming in, so that's always a good thing. And uh, the car, all the cars make more power that way. So I know all the drivers are happy when that happens. And Alec, from your perspective, you're a Porsche champion many times over. Now driving this new 992, how is it? I think the car is an awesome car. You know, there's definitely some potential in it that um, I'm hoping we're getting to show. But at the moment, it's, you know, maybe maybe a little bit neutered from what we were expecting. And, uh, you know, it kind of shows with all the cars being where they are. So we're just focused on what we can do and making the car the best that it can be. But to drive it, it's really a pleasure. It's one of my favorite GT3 cars that I've driven so far. And I've been in a number of different ones. So I, I'm happy with it and very excited with what the new Porsche has offered. You can't hide that smile even when you're talking about it, but how hard are you pushing out there right now? You know, we're trying to get the most out of the car. I think it's just trying to see what this car is really capable of and show that uh, maybe the performance level that we've been given isn't exactly where we think we should be. And, uh, you know, just trying to sh give all the data and show that we're making the most out of the platform that we have. It's a fine balancing act because, of course, there are games to be played for BOP, but also you want to prove to your new gentleman driver who's just spent a lot of money that he didn't choose the wrong platform, right? Yeah, totally. And, and I don't think, you know, with the Porsche, you can never go wrong. It's always a great platform, and, uh, you know, the support staff that's here just goes to show. I mean, anytime there's been an issue, there's 20, 30 guys that show up and make sure that the issue is solved within that's, you know, within 10 minutes if they can or within the session so the car gets back on track. So you're never going to go wrong with the Porsche platform. and. We're very happy with it, and uh, you know, at, at this point, it's just again focusing on what we can do with our car and getting ready for the next uh, weeks to come.
As a little bit of a student of the sport and a big fan of sports car racing, are you pinching yourself a little bit that your name is on the car with Andrew Davis and Jerome Blinkamullen? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and, and David's done this race before with a couple of other really great uh, co-drivers, so we're, I'm happy to be added to that list. And I think that was a very important thing for us going into this race is having a really solid group of drivers and people that could gel well together and so we've got great chemistry within the team and you know you can have all the pieces but if they don't fit together well then it doesn't you know it doesn't make a nice clean puzzle so uh, all this just comes out to uh, how how well you can do across the race and that's what we're focused on well good luck finding that little bit of extra speed this weekend i know you'll need it in qualifying yeah thanks jay i appreciate it it's a, it's a decent point there isn't it uh Shay, that you know, you can only do what you've got. I, I, I just wonder, and look, this is, there's some new cars in the GT3 category this year. The Ferrari, brand new. The Porsche, brand new. Uh, neither of those are towards the front end of the field. What we've got there are Aston, Mercedes, Lexus, Chevy Corvette even. Um, which obviously isn't a GT3 car, and the Lamborghini, um, plus the Acura. I, I just wonder if there's not quite enough data yet from the, the new cars. The Ferraris haven't run that much, but in the main, they're sitting behind all of the Porsches, and that's all of the brand new cars together there, sitting from sort of 16th position, 15th position on down, over. Yeah, the only thing that I can think of, John, is that when we had the GTP car test, the BOP test here in December, there were three cars that were also invited. The new Lamborghini, which is, albeit the same old Lamborghini, just with the body kit on it, the new Porsche, and the new Ferrari. So IMSA did get data on all three of those cars, and I didn't hear about any of these similar issues that are happening now that occurred during that test. They're side by side on the banking between the Chetelar Ferrari and Alexis. That got exciting there for a second. They both made it through. Uh, pretty tight. 62 Reese car. Had problems yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, we hardly saw it. It's been running well today, though, John. It has? Yeah. Oh my god, that is a thing of beauty, that car. And it's so obviously a Ferrari. Look at the rear three quarters. Oh. And you can absolutely see the heritage of that car. It looks like it's just come out of the Mini Milia. Very sophisticated GT car, that, the side window shape, the haunches of that car. Um, absolutely glorious piece of kit. It's not up to speed yet. As I say, the same as the Porsches. But there is time, and I'm sure there'll be representation made to IMSA. For what it's worth, um, people talking last or shouting loudest are not going to get BOP breaks from no. IMSA. It is all done absolutely empirically from independently collected data from IMSA and their technical team ship. Correct. There's a truck in the back of the paddock full of computers and data analysts, and all they are doing is staring at numbers, trying to figure out what is going on. IMSA has way more information than any of the teams do. Typically, on a race weekend, there will be three timing sectors. IMSA can have 
12 timing sectors if they want to. They can have even more than that. So they can tell when people are purposefully backing off where they are, what they're trying to do. Manipulating the system doesn't work anymore because IMSA is big brother and they see all. And I'm not saying this as a good thing or a bad thing or anything, but if you're going to try and play the games, which we know that everybody in the paddock likes to play games when a watch is on the line, IMSA's gonna know. So just because you're showing maybe too much speed, not enough speed, IMSA will put it into context and then make motion forward. That's why we trust them. And to be fair... To be fair... There's either um, no complaining or everybody's complaining. Correct. And, and actually, if either of those is, is fine, isn't it? As long as it's uniform, it's yeah. fine, yes. I'm just looking at some old Ferrari photographs to try and um, oh. rack my brain as to what the back end of that car. I, I think the back end of that car, the new car, has real echoes of the 250p from the early 1960s. It looks a bit like a spaceship, honestly. And the, the other thing I was going to say about that car, and thank you for reminding me, John, is that it was designed at the exact same time as Ferrari has been designing their hypercar. Oh, yes. Anything they have learned that worked well on the hypercar, you can imagine, will be on the 296. And it, and it, it, it has the same engine exactly. as the hypercar, the 2.9 V6. This is all part of Ferrari's Formula One engine development program, believe it or not. They are getting very, very important information about what goes on in the cylinders of a V6 engine. And for the new engine regulations coming up in Formula One, that's really important. I don't think it's any surprise or secret that Ferrari have committed to their new hypercar program, the 499P, because they have a surfeit of very clever people who they can't keep employed solely, at least, on Formula One because of the the cost capping, so keeping them and keeping them gainfully employed on something else, for example, going and trying to win Le Mans, which is a very Ferrari thing to do, hasn't happened outright for quite some time, well, that makes perfect sense. You keep all your best and brightest, you split their working week between Formula One and prototype racing. Very clever, very clever indeed. And by the way, do you know why the 499p is the 499p? Go for it. I think it's because each of the six cylinders are 499cc. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's a share type start, I knew you would like it. Uh, Corvette have been in and out of the pit. No drama coming into the pit. Driver change. Uh, the three car was taken out. That's Antonio Garcia's helmet that's getting in there, the red white helmet. So this is a practice pit stop. Didn't see much else going on in the car. On go the belts. Net fastened in, door closed, shifts the seat, presses the starter button. Now did everything go all right from then on? Just waiting for the tyres to go on. That looks absolutely standard. Oh, Antonio Garcia wears the same race gloves as I do. Or should I say I wear the same race gloves as Antonio Garcia? That would probably be the better way around. New Corvette. Uh, was, well, that was 
Wasn't that, isn't that to be unveiled next Friday, that new Corvette ship? Sorry, very loud cars going past you as I try to talk to her there. I can turn my mic off if you'd like. Cher, are we seeing the new Corvette next Friday? I believe that's the plan. It might be race day Saturday morning, though. Okay, this is the Z06 GT3, Z06 yes. GT3, those of you who in Europe. Uh, I'm told it will not be camouflaged. Ooh. And so we will see it. Lanky Turtle has also already given us some uh, sneaky video. I call him Sneaky Turtle because he's very good at finding <laughs> video of cars what testing. Turtle it. is not sneaky, John. Oh, that's a good point. Because they can sort of disappear, can't they? Exactly. And when you find them, they could just go hide in their shell and then be a rock. Correct. Well, Lanky Turtle lives near the Sebring, and when he hears anything interesting, he is there with his video camera. And uh, we've seen a, a bit of leaked footage and spy footage of that new GT3, designed GT3 car from Corvette. Meantime, more passing action out on the high banks for Alexander Sims, who's behind the wheel of the Zero 2 Cadillac. That's the one with the big black mark on the windscreen now. Oh, if you're going to blow the pit lane speed limits, do it in style. John DeAngelis. In the 38 car, 16 kilometers an hour. That's, and he's just gone through. That, in fact, was not even a drive through. That was a stop and go in the pit lane. 15 minutes remaining. Let's see who is picking up a wee bit of speed at the moment. Last time around, Aaron Tielitz with the quickest time for his Lexus and a spinner at the exit of the. International Horseshoe on an outlap. I, I, I suspect this will not be the last time I say this. This is Philippe Eng, who has not... Has he still got V8 power behind him there? I think he may have. Problem is, there's a huge long line of cars coming. A gap after the Riley 74. Well, he sees that car coming round before the 0-1 of Renger van der Zander, who's just coming out the pits. Here's the Riley. If you're going to go, go now. Get ready. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Excellent, well done. So Philippe Eng dropping that on the way out of the pit lane. Oh, that doesn't sound happy. That's the car with the uh, purpley-blue nostrils. And, yeah, that was just called tyres coming out of the hairpin, just lit it up and spun it to the inside. One or two spots of rain. That was a, a very lazy spin. I, I have to say, Philip Eng was very unlucky there because it just started to go. This is the cool tyre conundrum that we're going to have during the race as well. Spin on the outlap is something I think we're going to have to put on a hotkey. Um, particularly for the GTP cars. If you have that on the Radio Show Limited bingo card, you're a winner. Um, the IMSA Radio bingo card, you are absolutely a winner already. Uh, at IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us. Uh, Brian asked who receives the Rolex watch next weekend. 
Just the drivers or everyone on the team? I would love to think it was everyone on the team. And I think the broadcasters should get one as well. Oh, yeah, but for just, sure. But just the radio broadcasters, because those on TV are already earning lots well, of money. They can afford their own. John, they take commercial breaks. We're on air for, what, 26 hours straight? Oh, yeah, so good point. So we, we get the watches. And there's fewer of us than there is of them. That is true. Yeah. Even if they just wanted to do the full-season drivers, I mean, I think that's fair for, uh, full, for the radio commentators. Full-season drivers for the radio commentators. Yeah. yeah, okay, that seems reasonable. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Just see Just see In fact, what we should say that... We all have very nice Tudor watches from uh, a few years ago. Yes. Thanks to uh, Scott Atherton and the uh, team at uh, IMSA. Well, it looks like Philip Eng is up to speed in that BMW. Uh, new senior member of staff at RLL as uh, Steve Erickson was drafted in after the departure of the Geordie Giant that is Piers Phillips Steve Erickson uh, been around the block a few times I think it's fair to say shit um, over at uh, Honda Performance is where I came into contact with him but he's been around a few manufacturers and a few teams and that very smart hire indeed from Bobby Rahal and RLL to get Steve on board. Yeah, wealth of knowledge for sure from Steve is what you get as well as a very hardworking individual. So it's a good move for Team RLL to hire someone of his caliber to come on, especially when it's a brand new program that you're trying to launch. That adds some extra complication to things. As the radar is showing, John, that rain is going to be starting here any second now. I'm still dry. My hood's still down. Okay. You can see me. I'm in bright red on the pit lane. Uh, just by the Rolex shoot right now, I'm starting to make my way back down toward the GTP cars. But uh, the raincoat is definitely not coming off. Okay. Uh, another spin from the 43 year. This time, Daniel Frost behind the wheel. That wasn't an outlap, though. Turn seven, so a pretty quick place to have a rotation in the MRS GT racing car. Now, who is in the number 60? That is a very aggressive run through traffic for Simon Pagino. Of course it is. And we can confirm that the MSR drivers, all the MSR drivers will be the Q and A panel. Well, they'll be the A panel. You're the Q panel at the festival, fan festival on Wednesday at One Daytona, right behind us here in the main grandstand. More than 100 IMSA series drivers signing autographs. Cars on display, pit stop demonstration, bit of music, bit of fun, few giveaways, some great places to grab something to eat and drink as well, of course, at One Daytona and the MSR drivers, that's all Wednesday evening. If you're heading to Daytona for the Rolex 24, get here. All the details on the one Daytona and IMSA.com site. 
Shit, Adam, where are you at now? There's kind of pit stop practice happening on the pit lane, but it doesn't involve any of the mechanics. It's actually driver change practice for the windward number 57, the TechMet sponsored car. All four of the drivers are helmeted, all four of them holding seat inserts of various kinds, and all four of them taking turns, rock, paper, scissor style, as to who gets to go in and who has to come out. But they are using the rest of this session very wisely to practice jumping off the wall and then getting in the car. That is something that you're not often afforded the ability to practice because, well, track time is valuable. Windward knows that it's about to rain. They're not gonna send their car out. They're gonna let their drivers do the hard work instead. 10 minutes to go. We might get through this session uh, without having to think of grooved tires. I am constantly impressed by how these GTP cars can change their line at the drop of a hat, three wide and on the grass from the BMW number 25 of Colton Herter as he went past the caught-off BMW, the 32 car, the number uh, 42 as well, that being the uh, GT car of NTE Sports, the Lamborghini. Actually, it was the 24 car, my apologies, Philip Enk, with the purple nostrils. You'll know what I mean when you see the pictures. It is dark enough to see those today. You couldn't see them yesterday in the bright sunshine. Um, I've got to find out how to turn that feature on on the 840 Cabriolet that we're driving this week. I bet it's there somewhere. I bet there's coloured strips. I've got the orange lighting on the inside. It looks great. I like this idea of uh, coloured lighting on the inside of cars. Zero one is Renga von der Zander in the bright yellow fronted Ganassi Racing Cadillac V LMDH. Currently in sixth position, Cadillac sitting just over a second away from the two Acuras with the BMWs and the Porsches in between. Acura, BMW, Porsche, Cadillac. That's not alphabetical order, is it? I'm, I'm really not happy with that. Cadillac should be ahead of Porsche, ABCP. I'm sure Porsche wouldn't agree with me for that. Problems yesterday for the 963 number six with a wheel bearing issue that kept it off the track for quite a long time. With Mathieu Jaminet and Michael Christensen in the six and seven, both lapping consistently at the moment. In fact, uh, Mathieu Jaminet just putting his best first sector in. Shea Adam has spotted something. Let's have a look at the front of the seven Porsche. Next time it goes by. It's into the pit lane now, John. Oh, I right. can actually see it. Oh my gosh, it almost collided with the number 10 Acura, who was leaving its pit box. That was a very scary moment. The reason I asked is because I'm walking down the pit lane and all of a sudden I see a new Porsche nose up on the wall. I think this oh. is standard practice though. They're putting the old one down below the new one. A little bit awkward for the mechanics to try and maneuver around it, but indeed they are putting an identical nose onto the seven as the one that just came off. There's no flaps on the front of this car, no dive planes, nothing of that sort to try and distinguish if they were doing a different aerodynamic uh, feature with all of this. And uh, as I just move out of the way from our angles video, sorry about that, uh, ladies, nice to see you. Um, but yeah, the noses are identical, so it's not as if they could have changed something oh. on one to the other, but they did just put a new one on and sent that car back out. Number 10 is out of the pit lane. 
Ricky Taylor has taken it out. He was pulling forward as the Porsche cut across the front of him from the outlet. It wasn't as close as perhaps Shea thought it was. And they were both on the pit lane speed limiter. But the point that Shea's making is how difficult it is to see when you're sitting in the left-hand side of that Acura with all the wraparounds and all the gubbins around you. It, it's almost impossible to see anything coming from your right-hand side. And the Porsche was ahead. So once it got beyond the number 10, then at least uh, Ricky Taylor could see what was going on around him. Uh, John. Oh, never mind. The BMW is going back behind the wall. I was going to say that purple nostril car that you had just talked about appeared in the pit lane, and I am staring at the BMW pit box, who are not at all prepared for that car to come in. Well, that explains why he's going straight back to the garage. How much time left in the session? Should we be nervous? Under five minutes. Ah, uh, yeah. Nope. I'm, I'm going to call this as them calling it early. Yeah. Maybe they looked at the radar. Time to put the kettle on for a cup of tea. It's, you know, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. That's yeah. afternoon tea time. Nice cup of tea. Some homemade scones, obviously jam going on first, not having... Who is it that you always have that fight with? Was it Jim Roller? It's the responsible adult. Oh, no. It's, it's heresy, I'm telling you. Wait, jam. jam before butter? No, jam before cream. There's no butter involved. No butter involved? No, not on an afternoon tea scone here. Yeah, but you're in North America now. Butter's in everything. He had a vote, the collector voted, it's jam before free. Simple as that. Let's not get that one started again. Shit, Adam's down in the pit lane. Uh, we'll see if we can grab uh, a different person from MSR or maybe somebody from one of the other classes who's got the top times. It's uh, uh, Magnus in GTD. GTD Pro is the 64 from TGM. LMP3 is the 33 Sean Creech Motorsports team. I'm not sure we've spoken to anyone from there. And the 04 in LMP2 is the top team. That's the CrowdStrike Racing from APR. Might be worth having a word with those guys as the rain begins to fall on Daytona with just about three minutes to go. So, Sean Creech Motorsport, the 33, is the pick for our post-session interview. She is on the way at the Stars and Stripes 33. I have important news. I can see through the binoculars. Shea's hood has gone up as she is... Uh, Walking past the Liquid Molly Turner number 96 car. That can mean only one thing, Shea Adam. It's not dramatic enough for me to put on the Canadian umbrella hat yet, but <laughs> yes, the hood is indeed up. Okay, that means splashes of rain just on two minutes to go. And again, a relatively uneventful session, thank goodness. That's got quite a bit darker in the last few minutes as well. The sound that you can hear behind me was the revving of a Cadillac engine down through the gearbox. That was the number zero two, wasn't it? Earl Bamba. There it is. 
on the high banks at the moment, heading round through Speedway Turn 4. Changing up, just coming out of four onto the tri-oval. Through the tri-oval now, listen to the engine notes. Five gears down through the box into turns one and two. Well, absolutely flat through three. All the way back down the box to the International Horseshoe. This is the acceleration. Kink is coming. Well, that was a little lift there, wasn't there? There's a Lexus ahead. And there's also rain just... that They've got very good rain product on the windscreen because it is beading up very quickly. West end of the... Infield is where the rain is coming from, so over speedway turns one and two. Under a minute. Heading down towards the back chicane, and that is quite heavy rain on the windscreen now. Listen to the braking and the downshifts. Yeah, taking it easy now. Not taking any risks, that is Earl Bamba behind the wheel, the Kiwi. I think he's staying low this time, I think he's going to pit. Just a slight glistening on the top of the surface of the racetrack, the headlights just picking that up a little bit. I don't think it's affecting lap times that much. In fact, Philip Eng just put the best of anyone's Sector 3 in. Colton Herter out for BMW at the moment and Simon Paginot completing his last lap. Been a problem for the Iron Lynx number 19 Lamborghini. That's coming slowly back round from the west end of the circuit, which is where the Auto Nation MSR car is right now. Very different engine sounds, much higher revving, the 2.6 V6 Acura. And that uh, Acura has the highest rev, li rev limit of any of the GTPs. That's part of the BOP, which set at just over 9,500 revs. I think they were hoping for a little bit more, to be honest. And he'll come in at the end of this lap, and he's in the pit lane. Checkered flag is out. It's another another session that is headed by Acura, first and second, and again, it's 60 from 10. In LMP2, it's the 0-4 of CrowdStrike Racing by APR. And in LMP3, Sean Creech Motorsport, which is where Shea Adam is. It's a wonderful thing to be able to say that the 33 is on top of the charts for LMP3. So, Joao Barbosa, one session done. You're in jeans, so obviously you're going to take all the responsibility for the fast pace of that session. But in seriousness, how good has this team been gelling together so far over the last two days? No, the team has been doing a really, really good job. We. Uh it hasn't been smooth sailing for, for sure, but uh, we really came down to 
we found I think we found what the problem was in the last couple of practice sessions. Even if we were strong, we, we were we, we knew it could be better and I think that we're definitely going the right direction. Sean Creech and all these guys are doing a tremendous job, uh, all Nico, Danny and Lance as well. So we're just taking laps and make sure everything is comfortable, but so far it's going well. So we're finished this session uh, with a with a good comfortable car with a good lap time. So it's going in the right direction. Has the extra track time for Lance in the VP Challenge helped him at all with running in this P3 car? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you always need one more lap in Daytona. And, you know, when the session is done, it's like, oh, if we could just do one more lap, you know, you're always learning. There's uh, track time is very important. Uh, uh, Lance uh, obviously needs all the track time, and we all need all the track time we can get. And uh, running in the VP series is also very helpful for him. And also gives extra time for us because he has more time in the car and we can uh, share the car between us a little bit more as he won't need as much time in the car because he had it in the VP series. Well, congratulations on finishing atop the session. We'll see what you guys can do in night practice. Yeah, I think nobody takes a trophy for practice, but uh, uh, we're happy that we're heading in the right direction. Spoken like a man who's won this race four times before, John. Yeah, and it's that easy. Uh, it's that easy way of doing things at this time uh, of the competition. Uh, Shit, Adam down there in the pit lane with Joao Barbosa. And let's just finish. We went to LMP3, and in GTD that early time from the number 44 Aston Martin. That was Nicky team that put that in kept the Magnus car at the head of the GTD field and ahead of the GTD pros as well, which was another Aston Martin. That was the number 64 of Ted Giovannis Motorsport. Then it was the GTD number 32, Mikhail Grenier in that car at the chequered flag. Lexus and GT Pro. And oh, no, that's interesting. That changed around because it was the, it's GTD uh, sister car that was ahead to start with. So, uh, one, two, three, fourth in GTD is the Pro Lexus. That's the Mike Conway car he was driving at the end. Then Aston Martin uh, and the Heart of Racing Pro car. Then the GTD Lexus. Parker Thompson getting some laps in this afternoon. Then two AMGs, the Winwood 57 and the Axel Jeffries number 75, Sun Energy 1 car. What have we got down in there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Let's go to 10 in the overall. Uh, so, uh, eighth was the Acura of Catherine Legg. That's the gradient car. Sixth in GTD. Um, ninth in GT overall, if you will. And the top ten made up by the Chevrolet Corvette. Number three, Tonio Garcia driving at the end. Only car we didn't see there was the WeatherTech 79 GTD Pro Mercedes. Every other car, so 60 cars turned some uh, turned some laps in that session number four we've got another session into the darkness tonight we'll have that for you uh, we'll take a breath here and uh, leave you with some uh, content from uh, RS2 IMSA radio for the moment thank you very much to share Adam and we'll be back with more action from the raw before the Rolex 24 Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. 
This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.